0: Northern New York Community Podcast, stories from the heart of our community. Welcome into another episode of the Northern New York Community Podcast. I'm your host, Max Del Signor. With growing concern about the lack of young leaders in the North Country and the next generation taking their talents and budding skills elsewhere, the Northern New York Community Foundation decided to take on the responsibility of nurturing and empowering youth in community philanthropy. The creation of the Youth Philanthropy Council 10 years ago was designed to give high school students a glimpse into the world of the nonprofit sector but also the opportunity to help those agencies by awarding grants to enhance their mission and work. Since the program began, close to 150 high school students from five different schools have participated in the Youth Philanthropy Council program. More than 80 grants to nonprofits in Jefferson, Lewis, and St. Lawrence counties have been awarded, totaling over $125,000. The tangible outcomes from the grants are noteworthy and meaningful, but the real progress is being made within the council itself. High school students learn to lead, collaborate, respectfully deliberate, and make a true difference in their community. A spirit of philanthropy builds inside each student. It's amazing what real success, trust, and encouragement can do to inspire our youth. On this podcast, we bring in four former Youth Philanthropy Council members, and they share their reflections from their time on the council, but also dive into what they learned as they embark on the opening chapter of their professional careers, and also how they plan to give back in the future. We're excited to bring you four individual conversations in this episode. We hope that you enjoy them. I'm happy to be joined now by Marcus LeVarnway, a recent graduate from Clarkson University. Marcus served on YPC for three years as a Watertown High School student. He's headed to Amsterdam or Saratoga in a couple of months to begin his career in supply chain management as an operations manager for Target. Before he heads to the Capital Region, we're lucky to get Marcus here on the podcast. Thanks for coming through. Thanks for having me. First, for the audience, just explain what supply chain management is. What's the career and what will your responsibilities be when you're at Target?
1: So, supply chain management is essentially the how we get goods to and from uh, our start point to our end consumer. So, for my personal experience, I'm going to be working as an operations manager in Target's Northeast Distribution Center. And so what that means is that I'm gonna be running a team of around 50 employees in a 2.2 million square foot warehouse. Now, so I'm working in the warehousing department. And so what that does is it kind of controls the ins and outs of the goods in the warehouse. So my building services 97 Target stores in the Northeast, including Watertown's Target. And so we just kind of monitor and uh, procure the needs for each store.
0: So as a Watertown High School student, did you ever think supply chain management was gonna be your career choice?
1: Absolutely not, absolutely not. Uh, It kind of came on once I got to Clarkson. First year business students all kind of take the same gen ed courses, and then from there you can stem into whatever field or profession you kind of see yourself going into so I thought that supply chain management would would be good for me. There's a lot of doors that it can open and I'm happy to say that I've signed on with Target.
0: So not many students get a chance to serve three years on the Youth Philanthropy Council. It's, it's quite a stretch. Um, what was that experience, as you reflect back, what was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah, so starting off as a 10th grader, you know, you think of a 10th grader today, they're not heavily invested into their communities and you know, to my own extent, neither was I, uh, and it wasn't until I really got onto Youth Philanthropy Council that I saw what the community is as a whole um, and what the needs are. It really kind of opened my eyes to the community, not only in Jefferson County and Watertown, but to Lewis County and St. Lawrence County and how our community really interacts with one another and that there's more needs than what we see as youth. Was there a particular
0: grant? Or nonprofit presentation, or just an organization in general that you remember or recall fondly through that experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, like you said, over three years, I saw a lot of grants, and it was uh, it was a great experience. You know, uh, with unlimited need and limited resources, it was it was tough to kind of learn how to say no to great causes. Uh, one of the things that I've kind of stayed up with and actually utilized uh, their resources is the uh, Clayton Opera House. I remember, I think it was my junior year, they came in and uh, presented a grant to us. And I've went to, I think at least two or three shows after that and kind of to see their revitalization of the Opera House was great.
0: Kind of gives you a, some access to the arts a little bit or what's, yeah, exactly. what's out here in the North Country in terms of arts. That's, that's really great. How, how did YPC shape you as a person, you know, individually?
1: Yeah, so I think not only did it change my outlook on my community and philanthropy as a whole and what it means, but it also taught me leadership. I think that kind of taking the helm at meetings and being able to steer our group into a direction that's more meaningful and, like I said, learning how to say no to great opportunities and charities when we only have an allocated fund. I think it it taught me really great life skills, and I think moving forward, the lessons that I've learned via philanthropy will be with me for a long time to come.
0: So outside of your parents, or let's say family members, is there one individual or persons that you admire in the way that they give to their community?
1: One person I definitely think uh, is Mark Taylor. So Mark Taylor is the principal over at Starbuck Elementary. He was the varsity soccer coach at Watertown High for many years. He was a gym teacher and decided to pursue uh, becoming a Starbuck Elementary principal. And so what he does, I think, is just amazing for our community. He serves on so many boards. Uh, He's very, very active in our community, not only in Watertown, but in his hometown of Clayton. He referees volleyball games, he coaches youth, he keeps stats at local lacrosse games. So I think he's just all over the place and, and he just devotes so much of his time and I know that at Starbuck Elementary he's created an environment for his students and for his faculty to become a family and really offer mentorship and promote, you know, moving forward in your community and giving back to your community and I think he's done a great job and he's somebody that I definitely look up to.
0: Is there a particular skill or talent of Mr. Taylor's that you look at and you say, you know, he's doing that really well, let me try to do that in some of the, the ways that I want to get
1: Yeah, him. I think he deploys empathy. Um, I think he really understands his students, he understands the parents, and I think that being able to understand where other people are coming from and their point of view and being able to shift your point of view To match theirs, I think that just leads to a better world. If we all deployed more empathy like Mr. Taylor, I think think the world would be a better place.
0: You had an advantage of going to an area, university or or college. After four years at Clarkson and spending your childhood in Watertown, what community needs did you notice that were different or perhaps similar?
1: So one thing that I saw that was similar between Jefferson and St. Lawrence County Mm -hmm. was that uh, there's a lack of youth coming back to the area after higher education. Um, For example, I know that a lot of my hometown friends that I graduated from Watertown High aren't necessarily coming back to the area uh, for jobs and I met a lot of good people at Clarkson that were from the Potsdam Canton area and they're not returning back after.
0: What do you think it's gonna take, because you're in that position right now, what would it take for you To eventually come back to this area, have a family, raise children.
1: So that's kind of one of the things that I've really thought about throughout my life and I think it's kind of a lack of industry at this moment. You know like I said at the start of the the podcast I'm in supply chain management so there isn't a whole lot up in Watertown and or in St. Lawrence County that kind of tailors to my needs I know that there are a couple Clarkson alums that are from the area are returning kind of for construction management or architecture firms. But I think the lack of industry is one of the things that's kind of deterring myself and as well as my classmates away.
0: So I've got a scenario for you. Okay. You're allowed to volunteer at any organization that means a great deal to you, but it has to be separate from sports. I know you're a big lacrosse guy and I know you've done some coaching, but excluding volunteering in sports in some capacity
1: where would you see yourself helping out? It's a good question. I think I would volunteer my time at the American Red Cross at a blood drive. Why is that? Uh, a couple years ago, my freshman year, my mom was diagnosed with leukemia and she found out she had leukemia by going to a blood drive, giving to others. And there's always, always a need for blood. There's always a need at blood drives. And I think volunteering and giving back in that way would mean a lot to me and would mean a lot to my family because I know how much that has done for my family. Do you believe you are a
0: philanthropist?
1: I do. I think that although I haven't been able to give financially at this point yet, just getting out of college, I think that giving back through service and my time to my community, uh, wherever I'll be, I think that those values that YPC, my community, and my family have instilled in me will carry on, and I plan on being a philanthropist, philanthropist throughout my life.
0: Well, while you're leaving the area to start your career, I hope we can continue to keep you connected to the North Country as, as much as we can. And it feels as though you have a deep appreciation for the area and where you grew up. We really appreciate your insight and thoughts on the podcast, Marcus. Best of luck down the road.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: The craft of providing health and wellness care is nothing new to Sarah Van Inanum. The family lineage has been connected to the profession for three generations, and Sarah's next up to continue that tradition. She recently graduated from SUNY Upstate Medical University with a Master of Science degree in Physician Assistant Studies. As she prepares for the board exams in a couple months, she's completing rotations at Samaritan Medical Center here in Watertown. We appreciate Sarah jumping on the podcast to talk about her Youth Philanthropy Council experience and how it has impacted her. Thanks for being here.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: So, was it a foregone conclusion that a career in healthcare or medicine was in your future?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, growing up surrounded by it and being immersed in the ins and outs of healthcare and the daily, you know, the responsibility it takes to maintain a career in healthcare. And I remember as a kid, I would always go into the hospital with my dad to say hi to his patients, and absolutely loved it. Were
0: there any particular moments? Visits when you were with your father, or maybe even with your grandfather, stories he would tell that really said, yes, this is definitely it for me.
2: I don't know if it was one one particular moment, but it was definitely the feeling of walking into the hospital and talking to his patients and seeing the respect and the the trust that they put his patients put into him, and you know, as part of their healthcare and their well-being, and kind of being in charge of that, is, was definitely attractive to me. And
0: was there ever a time when you thought you'd choose a different path?
2: Honestly, no. Um, I know, always knew I wanted to do a path in healthcare. It was just which path I would take. You know, I debated nursing, I debated going to medical school, I debated going to PA school, um, doing research, but I always knew that it was that avenue that I wanted to take.
0: So, being a PA is what you've selected and you're full speed ahead with it. Yes. No, no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. So, you were given the opportunity to serve on YPC for two years. Yes. What do you remember about being? In particular, being in that boardroom with your classmates in that particular setting.
2: Oh, I remember that I was definitely naive before starting, you know, be, becoming a board member on YPC. Um, I didn't know the the blight and the need of the community um, that I had grown up in, um, and to be able to be surrounded by a group of my peers, and all kind of be, you know all kind of be there together and be educated on the different organizations and needs of our community and to be able to have the opportunity to make an impact on, on these different organizations and community members was absolutely humbling and rewarding.
0: Is there an organization in particular that, as you reflect back, that you remember, or even a grant that you decided on as a council?
2: So an organization that stood out to me that I remember poignantly was um, an organization that was led by Credo that provided assistance to mothers um, who either had children or who were pregnant and who are recovering addicts. And they came to us asking for money for just basic supplies such as cribs, formulas, stuff to take care of children. And I remember being affected by that because at the time, my high school class, my junior year in high school, we had a lot of girls who were pregnant who had babies of their own. And I remember kind of connecting the two and feeling like if we were able to help this end of the spectrum, you know, Maybe I can provide assistance one day to all the mothers, young mothers in my high school class who I, you know, were my friends and my peers and I was really able to relate the community aspect of it to my peer aspect.
0: What did YPC teach you about yourself?
2: It taught me the importance of philanthropy and giving back. I learned that philanthropy is, it's it's a perpetual motion machine. Um, You know, by lifting up others, around you, you hope to inspire others to do the same. It taught me that the responsibility of those fortunate enough to have means to share it with others. You know, being part of a, a, being a community member, um, it taught me to be a community member that strives to give back in all facets and areas of life. You know, it really was inspiring to be part of a, part of a community where I'm able to help make a change in both small and large ways, you know, depending on the circumstance. And it doesn't always have to be a monetary donation, you can give your time, give your insight, you know, other things than just money.
0: Right. You're spending some time at home, yes. doing these rotations at the yes. local hospital. And I would imagine you're seeing the community in a different light than you did when you were in high school. What are some of the things that you notice more about your community now because of the access you have in helping these patients? Yeah,
2: so absolutely. Um, it's such a, to be on a different, in a different position than I was as a high school student learning about, you know, members of my community. As a student in the healthcare world, you learn so much about the most intimate parts of patients' lives. Um, they share with you all, basically all of their secrets, all of their inner thoughts, because there's nothing more important than that when you're trying to provide somebody the right and appropriate care. Um, but I definitely learned that there is still such, an, there will always be such an immense need for you know, education and to be able to take the time to explain to my patients why, why you're doing something, what's going on in your body, the thought process of why you're taking this medication versus this medication, um, to be able to have the patience and take the time to really make sure that your patients walk away feeling satisfied and really understand what's going on with them.
0: What inspires you to give?
2: I think I am inspired to give back to the community, um, starting with my family. I grew up in a household where giving and volunteering and being available to give back was of a foundation of where we, how we were raised, uh, my brother and I. And then both my parents give back in different ways. My mom gives her time. She's part of you know, such a vast amount of community activities and then my dad gives back obviously in ways of health care. But I'm also inspired by especially being on YPC. Um, I, re- I remember being inspired by Mrs. Sprague. She was kind of the my mentor or our mentor um, as being charter members of YPC and she's just such an avid, active, powerful member of our community. She is inspiring to me and she makes me want to continue her kind of her legacy and what she's done for everybody both you know the youth and for the board and for she's an educator She's quite the popular, she was quite the popular educator at Watertown. Everybody loved her.
0: English teacher, English
2: right? English teacher, yes, Yep. She was, uh, I was, she was head of the yearbook. She's an active member in our church. She is just a wonderful person all around and she's definitely somebody I look up to and strive to, you know, kind of follow in her footsteps, especially in this community.
0: This is Emily Sprague, she's definitely a good model to emulate. She is, to emulate. That's she a, is. That's a really good one. Um, if given the chance to volunteer or help any organization, in this community, let's say, but it can't be tightly affiliated to healthcare. Okay. Where do you think you'd want to help?
2: I would choose to help in the schools. Um, Going to public school, you are, I feel like I was exposed to everything. All walks of life, all levels of education, all economic backgrounds. And there's definitely a desperate need of just, especially in the younger grade schools, of basic education and care and love and really the fundamental parts of what it takes to become a successful adult one day, to learn the basics of what it means to be a functioning member of society. And I think I, if, I, if I could choose anything else, I would go back into education and give my time there, especially to the little ones, to give them a boost.
0: Do you believe you're a philanthropist?
2: I believe I'm a philanthropist in my, the time that I've given back so far. Um, I'm looking forward to one day having the means to give back monetarily once I'm finished with school and, you know, Mm -hmm. am a a real member of society, but I think even just on rotations, taking an extra second to ask my patient how they're doing or explain to them maybe in ways that are in uh, layman's terms what's kind of going on with them and, like I said, taking that extra moment to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and taken care of and loved um, I try to do, be a philanthropist in just little ways throughout the day.
0: Last question, what advice would you share with future YPC students who are gonna be going to the program for the first time?
2: Just how important it is to be an active member of your community, to be aware of all the different organizations, the different, uh, different groups um, that are a fundamental part of the overall operation of the well-being of Northern New York. It's important to learn about um, each of these groups' needs, you know, their, and then to be tasked with the responsibility of allocating such a, an impactful amount of money to these groups. It's just so humbling, so rewarding, and something that you will carry with you and will resonate with you throughout your career and just the rest of your life.
0: We hope your appreciation for this area remains steadfast and your philanthropic interests connected to the place that you call home. We know you'll take great care of everyone in your field, and best of luck in your future endeavors and for sharing time on the podcast, Sarah.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate you having me here.
0: It's a pleasure to sit down now with Sarah Glover, a Watertown High School graduate who is now a special education teacher for Monroe Number 1 in Fairport, New York. Sarah served one or two years on Youth Philanthropy Council.
3: It started my senior year of high school.
0: started your senior year. So... Uh, 2010, 2011 2012.
3: 2012, 2012. when it started, I believe.
0: So you were kind of there at the beginning. Yeah. But uh, it's great to have you here. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: So your career is in special education. Yes. Is that something you always wanted to do? Or how did you decide on pursuing special ed?
3: Sure. So when I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to go into school for education, but I wasn't sure exactly what realm of education. Um, And I was also involved in stage notes, and when I graduated from high school, I decided that I wasn't going to go away right out of high school, I was going to stay here, Um, and I got my associate's degree from JCC that following year. And at the same time, I worked with uh, Tisha, who is the artistic director of stage notes, and we decided to start a youth stage notes, stage notes junior it was called, and that was where I was thinking this is really what I want to do. I want to work with young kids, I want to be a teacher. And then I decided to go to Geneseo, and they have a program there that's childhood and special education together. I have some experience from high school and even middle school volunteering with kids who have disabilities, and I have some family members as well who fall in that category, and it was just always something that was really important to me. And the more experience I got with it at Geneseo, the more I realized it was really what I wanted to do.
0: If you look at people that you admire and the way they give back, not including your parents or family members or people you're close to. Is there one particular individual or persons that you say, boy, I really admire the way they they give to their community?
3: Sure, so it would be Tisha. Mm -hmm. And I think just growing up, going through high school, being a part of Stage Notes and seeing the way that giving back through something that you love, like theater, can be such a big help to the community and can build such a sense of that community is really important and it was really, something that helped me grow as a student, as a person, and that's just something that I, I really look back on and I, I talk about all the time. It's something I still come back and support stage notes as much as I can. Um, I stopped in a rehearsal last night just to say hi, just because that's my family, but that's also being able to help the community through something that is so important to me and seeing her build that from the ground up was so incredible, and to be a part of something like that was fantastic.
0: What was the Youth Philanthropy Council experience like for you?
3: That's. I love that question, It's I was thinking about it when you, you sent us some of the questions and looking back when we came into it, we kind of had no idea what it was going to entail. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to A, start it from the ground up, kind of building the foundation for the group and then being on a board like that on a council was not something I had experience with. So that definitely was a really important experience for me. Um, I definitely feel like it helped me kind of grow as a person kind of in leadership and just to set that groundwork for something that is still going on today is is really awesome.
0: You just mentioned leadership is one of the ways that you experienced some growth going through the program. Anything else in particular that as you again reflect back how YPC might have shaped you individually?
3: Sure I think working with your peers especially in high school is something that can be really difficult and really daunting as a student so that was really great too is working with the people that I see every day and you know, we play sports together, we do shows together, but working in a way, in the way that we were with YPC was very different from how you function in a high school. Um, and being on that board and making those decisions together was, was a really cool experience, I think for all of us.
0: Do you feel like you're a philanthropist today?
3: I do, I feel like I still have a lot of room to grow in that. I feel like there's still a lot that I'm looking to do more of. I try to be as involved as I can, but I'm still, I still want, I wanna do more always, if that makes sense. I feel like I give back more to my students than I do right now to my community. Um, I come back here and support as much as I can um, but I'm definitely still looking for more ways to give back in the community I live in. I recently started working, not working with, but volunteering for a program called Challenger Baseball that I got involved with through one of my students so that's something that's really important to me now. Um, But I'm I'm still looking for more ways to, to get involved and to be to be a philanthropist.
0: What is Challenger Baseball?
3: Challenger Baseball is a baseball program um, and it's designed for students with disabilities and depending on where you are, they have different areas of it, but there's usually it's a student with a disability and they can be K through 21 um, and then they get a buddy and you play baseball.
0: So in your position with BOCES in Monroe County mm-hmm. and being immersed in education, you get a chance to see or get a glimpse of you know some community needs that maybe others in the general public don't get a chance to. Sure. Um, what are some of the needs that you identify with that you feel are really important?
3: I think that supporting the families, especially with students who have disabilities, is really important. There are a lot of resources out there, but they don't always know that they are. So finding those resources and making sure that they're available to the families and to the students so that they are getting what they need, um, it helps the student both educationally and the family as a whole. And it just ends up being a better situation for everybody. So the more the support the more support the family can have, the better off it will be.
0: Was there ever another area or career that was of interest to you outside of education?
3: I thought about music for a long time. Um, even in college, my second major was vocal performance. So it was it's still something that's really important to me. And in the future, I would love to have a theater company of some kind that's designed or geared more towards students with disabilities. That's kind of a long-term goal of mine. But it's, it's still something that's important to me.
0: What did you love most about the North Country?
3: The people. The sense of community when I come back here is absolutely impeccable, and it's something I feel every single time I come. It doesn't matter what I'm coming here for, um, the people are just fantastic. And you can tell that everybody is so passionate about where they live and they really care about what goes on here and how to always make things better. And that's something that I don't know that you find in a lot of places.
0: So I'm going to ask the question about what the best kept secret in the North Country might be in the eyes of Sarah Glover. What do you think that is?
3: The best kept secret of the North Country, I think there's more here than people realize. So you come to the North Country and you can kind of get a little bit of everything. You know, you can you can go out to the country and go to a farm, you can kind of get the city feel, you can go to the river, you can go to the lake. There's everything here that you could possibly need within 20 minutes of the center.
0: Is there a particular place that you appreciate the most? I mean, you mentioned some geography there. Sure. Is there one place that you enjoy?
3: I grew up going to my grandmother's cottage in Sackett's Harbor. So Sackett's Harbor has always been really important to me.
0: Now that you're in your 20s, what advice can you share with future members of Youth Philanthropy Council who, much like you, will be kind of going in you know, with something brand new and fresh and not know what to expect the very first time around?
3: I think that it's important not to hold back. If there's anything that you feel really passionate about, just go for it. Use your voice to help the community as much as you can, and really just go for it. If if you're finding that something is important to you, then roll with that.
0: So, how do you plan to serve the community where you live?
3: So, like I said, uh, challenger baseball is something that I recently started doing. So, I'm looking to get more involved with that. I am constantly looking for ways to give back to the students that I work with, whether it's supporting them in something that they do outside of school or supporting the other students in the building with anything like that. And I think just supporting every organization in the community as much as you can, whether that be like local stores or things that other schools have going on, just supporting organizations as much as you can. And then, like I mentioned before, I I really do hope to start some sort of theater company for students with disabilities.
0: So I'm gonna ask you this question. If you could volunteer in your community, any organization, but it can't be tied to education or in this case the arts. Where do you think you'd want to help?
3: I think as far as volunteering in my community there's a really strong need for volunteering with people who have mental health struggles and i think that that's something that especially now is so important but people talk about it and people say oh we need help with this oh we need help with that but they don't do anything about it so i think volunteering in that community would be really helpful especially in rochester um, and anywhere but i think that there's there's a really strong need for that
0: well sarah thanks for sharing some time with us we hope ypc was a great experience to kind of get your philanthropy started, and hopefully that giving spirit of yours can impact the North Country even more into the future. We really appreciate you being on the podcast.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Our last conversation is with Dominic Iuliano. Dom graduated from Le Moyne College in 2018 with a degree in English literature and creative writing. He spent the past year as a 10th and 11th grade history teacher at Immaculate Heart Central School. The next chapter will start in Thailand this fall, where he will teach English as a foreign language and hopefully join a pro soccer team. Don will offer takeaways from his Youth Philanthropy Council experience and how it influenced his volunteerism in college, as well as his professional pursuits. Don, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So tell us, how did you decide on going to Thailand?
4: Well, uh, that was quite the path. Uh, Chris Rowland and me, we sat down with our good friend Bob McCain, elder Scottish gentleman that we play soccer with. And uh, he just told us about how he went over there traveling, and. He loved it, and he'd been offered a few pro contracts there and some tryouts, and he never really bid on any of them. He had a, a girlfriend and came back, and and didn't really go for it. And so, in the car the next day, Chris and I are driving around, and jokingly he said, "Oh, we should go over to Southeast Asia and play soccer." And I was like, "Aha, yeah, good one." Um, and then we kind of looked at each other, and it kind of clicked, and we said, "We should go play soccer in Thailand." <laughs> and from there. At first, everyone thought it was a joke, just like a running, you know, no one gets out of here, they stay, and no one goes to Southeast Asia, especially if you leave, you know, maybe you go down to Syracuse or Rochester, uh, but basically, we, we set our goal, and it's coming to fruition now.
0: So, the teaching opportunity, is that essentially set, and you're kind of, the soccer is kind of the complementary piece here that you're hoping to secure?
4: Yeah, luckily, uh, Bob did us a huge favor, and he has a friend in, uh, in Hong Kong that has teaching English opportunities all over the place. Uh, so he helped us out. <clears throat> There's also a course in Thailand on the island of Phuket, which we're trying to go to, that offers the English foreign language uh, certificate. And that pretty much guarantees you a job teaching because the Thai ministry is really looking to bolster their education right now, especially with English and the cultural diffusion and mm-hmm. you know how important that is to business.
0: So your degree from LeMoyne was focused on English literature and creative writing. Do you have a favorite piece or two that has stuck with you or impacted you in a specific way?
4: I have so many. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough to choose. Uh, The one that sticks out the most from my career was Self-Reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And that's basically because it was this awesome moment where I was a freshman in this class that this professor really gave me a hard time and... I thought, you know, I was the crap and all that. And uh, she really put me in my place and showed me that I wasn't all that. And then senior year, she decided to be my mentor and really helped me with my honors thesis, which was on that piece. And that was really hard. And she pushed me to my limits, but it basically just was that cornerstone for my career at Le Moyne, just coming in with a mindset from Watertown, New York, and then getting a much broader sense of community and, and hard work and all that, so.
0: So you got to experience the Community Foundation's Youth Philanthropy Council for one year in high school. What did you learn about your community from that experience?
4: I didn't know my community at all before that. You know, being at IHC until 10th grade and then switching over, I didn't think poverty was real. Not real. I didn't think that there were any problems, really, in the town. I thought, you know, everyone just goes to their jobs and does their thing. But it just opened my eyes completely, really. And it taught me how to communicate with other people. I mean, at IHC, you see the same people from the time you're, you know, four years old all the way through high school. And then, you know, I had to reacclimate and learn how to, like, present myself, and I got a I got a fresh start too, which was nice.
0: When you say transition, IHC, to Watertown High School, correct? To
4: Watertown, yes. And by doing that, it gave me, I think, all of my social skills really. I don't know if I had really developed (laughs) any of them beforehand.
0: Are there any particular organizations or projects from the program experience that you recall, or perhaps organizations that you might follow now because of being in YPC?
4: Yeah. Actually, I almost worked for uh, Cornell Cooperative over at Campo Basso. It didn't end up working out, but I always followed them because they, they were the ones I talked about at the meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought up, they wanted two paddle boards, and it taught me that also philanthropy wasn't just giving to people in like dire need. It was this cultural enhancement that we always talk about, and that I didn't think was part of philanthropy beforehand, and so I I follow them pretty closely. I like a lot of the stuff that they do. I think they do some awesome things for kids in the summer when in the area there's not always that much to do in the summer.
0: We peel back a layer to, you say cultural enhancement. What's that definition of that phrase mean to you?
4: Oh boy, basically all the stuff that isn't medical or health or mm-hmm. food immediately immediate needs it's like that second tier on the hierarchy of of needs that you know what do you do once you've satisfied all of those other things um how are you not bored <laughs> during the day right. how do you keep the culture how do you like revive watertown and the, the north country when i think previously in years it it was low now i think it's starting to get a really good place.
0: You mentioned that YPC also positioned you for an opportunity to serve on a committee at Lemoyne that you thought was pretty important. Share a little bit more about that story.
4: Sure. Uh, so freshman year I came in and I saw a poster on the wall for uh, this organizational and financial review committee. I applied on a whim and I think I was the only freshman accepted that year and they said it was entirely because of my experience on YPC. They didn't even interview me actually, they just hired me right on. So
0: what was it that they noticed just in that application? With
4: I wrote, I got to distribute a huge amount of money to to people, and a huge organization trusted me with that, and uh, and that I knew how to like balance—not necessarily a budget, but figure out how to spread money across a few different organizations, and that was really the exact thing that they did, just with clubs and in the school.
0: One of the things you did too, Dom, is you actually went back to the community foundation and interned between breaks while you were at Lemoyne. What do you believe is the value of a community foundation to this region?
4: I think it shows that the region is just more than a stopping place before the Thousand Islands, especially because I know that's what the sign says on Arsenal Street, the gateway to the Thousand Islands, as if it's just a, a place to stop through. But it shows that like there's a culture here now that we're not just you know a couple factory jobs and you know, a couple high schools and what that is, Um, basically I think it it shows that the community cares about the other people in the community. I think that every growing community, like the sign of that is a community foundation.
0: Is there anything that you remember from your time helping at the community foundation that was, that kind of raised your awareness to or impressed you with what the organization does?
4: Yeah, I think just the sheer number of people that came in to meet with you. I mean you were always, you always had meetings with people that wanted to give back in some way. and I don't think a lot of them stay anonymous, but I think a lot of them, there's so many more than, than most people realize that, that care about this community. I think, you know, you see your usuals on the TV and whatnot, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes making sure that this community stays afloat.
0: Outside of your parents and family, is there one individual or more than one that you admire in the way that they give to the community?
4: Yeah, uh, I would have to say Mrs. Well, Mrs. Sprague when I was in high school, Emily Sprague now to me. She's made me call her by her first name, but she just showed me she's a philanthropist in all aspects of her life. I mean, every day at school. I mean, I'm sure she could have gone to a high-profile job and gotten, you know, made a ton of money, but she stayed at Watertown for so many years and helped kids after school. And so she showed like yes, like she has the ability to give financially, but also she gave her time, which I think to some people is more valuable than, than their dollars.
0: Are there characteristics that <clears throat> Mrs. Sprague possesses that you try or hope to emulate yourself?
4: Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it quite the way she does, but she has such a big personality, such a big loving personality in the way that like she'll get you to do something you just don't even want to do and be happy about it. And I hope that I can do that to the people around me because it's such a great quality for a leader to be able to invigorate the people that are around them, even if they don't want to do the work.
0: <laughs> How do you view this community now compared to the way you looked at it as a high school student?
4: As a high school student, I think a good majority of people looked at it the way I did, just get out. It's cold, it's, uh, there's not much for you here. And I think a lot of adults said that to us too, get out of here. I think my mindset on it has changed. I know I'm believing, so that's ironic, but I definitely have plans on coming back after. I think get out for a little while, go learn about the world, but come back and give back because this community gave me so much that I was definitely not appreciative of when I was a student, but now looking back, it's a great place to grow up, really. It provides a lot of things that in other cities or uh, places across the US, you just don't get.
0: When did you realize that you were a philanthropist?
4: I didn't realize, I think, until YPC, because I had volunteered beforehand, but I didn't really consider that. One, I didn't know what the word philanthropy meant, so you couldn't really know that until you understand the definition, but once I did, I think I realized that a lot of people give back, and if they're told that too, then maybe they'll have a different mindset on what philanthropy is and that they matter to the community because I don't know if the volunteerism is portrayed enough in the community because a lot of people give a lot of time and effort and of course money too. I think it was yeah about that 17 year old range and I don't think a lot of people realize it until much later. I think YPC is probably the number one reason why I understood that.
0: It's a good transition to the last question which is how has YPC and participation and all the other volunteer opportunities that you've been involved with changed how you plan to give back to your community in the future?
4: Mm, yeah, I think whenever I have a chance I'll give back. I think beforehand I was gung-ho to, you know, oh, it's not my problem, I'll get out of here, do whatever like serves me. But I think it's flipped that entirely on its head because realizing that without all of these people that had helped me when I was a kid in this community, if you don't take that role on when they're gone, it'll be, it won't be there for the next generation. And I think that's really unfair to do. So I think partly a responsibility and an accountability, but also they did it in a way for me that it just made me want to do that. It doesn't feel like a chore really it feels like something I'd enjoy doing.
0: Thanks for all that great insight, Dom. As you prepare to head overseas, can continue to share that philanthropic spirit with others in need. And we hope impact, the impact can continue here in the North Country down the road. You said you're gonna come back, so I hope that comes true. I will. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Northern New York Community Podcast. The podcast is made possible thanks to our partners, WPBS and the Northern New York Community Foundation. Remember, every interview is easy to access and always free whether it's online or on your mobile device. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or other podcast platforms when you search for the Northern New York Community Podcast. We also have a website for the podcast. Listen anytime to other conversations, which also feature interview highlights, transcripts, photo galleries, and more. Just go to nnycpodcast.com. Our sincere thanks to Sarah Glover, Marcus LaVarnway, Sarah Van Inanum, and Dominic Iuliano for coming on the podcast. Please join us again next time for another edition of the Northern New York Community Podcast. Northern New York Community Podcast: Stories from the heart of our community.